welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. Welcome to our Spookvember podcast. Spookvember! <laughs> That's right, folks. It is still spooky. Did you think <laughs> Halloween was over? You were wrong. <laughs> this is our uh, aggressive counteraction to the Christmas creep. It's <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I think Christmas creep is a very specific reference to one podcast. Wait, really? Yeah, no, I I'm 99% sure that is those three good boys. Okay, listeners, if you don't know, I I think it's pretty obvious. But I'm saying, like, Christmas starts November 1st, which is false. It is a lie. People seem to think that, including Peter's girlfriend. But <laughs> Now Halloween ends November 5th. <laughs> yes, this is our counteraction. Halloween ends, uh, yeah, let's say November 5th. So you better listen Tomorrow's to this Thanksgiving. tonight, folks. And yes. November 7th, then is Christmas. <laughs> so I hope you got your turkeys already, because... <laughs> <laughs> Start defousing them bad boys now. <laughs> um, but yes, this is our Frankenstein episode. Hey, Cece? Yes. You want to hear some real shit? What's real shit? All those jokes we were just made, except for I literally just think Christmas... Because uh, Halloween's not, like, a big thing elsewhere, is it? Uh, I mean, it's in Harry Potter, so that's sort of my cultural touchstone for Halloween for, Well, for England. <laughs> for Great yes. Britain, let's say. Probably the most similar country to us outside of Canada. Yeah, no, it's, like, Canada, Great Britain, everyone else. <laughs> everyone else. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people feel about Halloween elsewhere in the world. I literally I just don't, don't think it's that big of a thing elsewhere. Maybe. Maybe it's not even a thing elsewhere. However, I know, I hey, know for a fact Thanksgiving is not. Let us know. Oh, yes. And Thanksgiving, for all they know, is November 6th. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, no, November 6th. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Right. Exactly. I assume yeah. that's they're true. They're going to text all Why their American friends and say, hey, happy Thanksgiving. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I think it's the 22nd this year. Yeah, it, it is the 22nd. It's like the third Thursday in November. Yeah, it's some shit like that. Or the fourth Thursday, or like the second to last Thursday in November. It's stupid. Uh, you know what is else the, is stupid? CC, it's the Fucking elections day. being the first Tuesday in November. <laughs> CC, it's the exact day that those those Indians and those settlers got together and had a nice big meal. Just like Christmas is the exact day Jesus was born. Yeah, no, it's the day brunch was invented. What? Thanksgiving was? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going with, like, yeah, for sure, because there was, like, a big feast and all, but they didn't have lighting, all right? So they had started their feast early. Okay. <laughs> so, you see, in those times, everyone was in bed by, like, 6 p.m. That's true. I kind of want to be in bed by 6 p.m. because it's, like, pitch black now. Yeah, no, I left class today. I was like, wow, fuck, it's scary out here. <laughs> Good thing I'm going to go do a scary, scary <laughs> podcast. Wait, here's the last asinine, unrelated thing I'm going to say before we actually talk about the book. Wait, I have one more asinine, unrelated thing to say. All right, well, that's the last thing I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'll go, then you go, then we'll be done with our asinine, unrelated things, and we'll just do asinine, related things. Excellent. Sounds like so, our usual formula. <laughs> oh, no, Susie, we told them the secrets. I have to edit that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shh. They'll make their own podcast about science fiction. They won't even need and us. unrelated, you say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did you have to say? Uh, so, at the Cathedral of Learning, which um, at the school I go to, uh, is this, like, huge-ass 
Beautiful. I don't know. It's fucking. It's, it's a like monument a, it's, it's to man's tower. hubris, basically. It's a monument to man's pursuit of knowledge, Peter. That's why it's called the Cathedral of Learning. It's a monument to the New Deal and government subsidized <laughs> construction projects. And yes, that's true. That's it. Who's mad? I mean, it's beautiful. It's the worst classes it's I've ever school. had in that are in that building. That's because it's a shitty school building, but it's a great building in every other way. It was a great resource in the 30s. Yes. Anyway, now, what about the Cathedral of Learning? Ooh, right, that's a good well, place to get spooky. What? It's the best place on that campus to get spooky. It is the best place on that campus to get spooky. Um, I, there's another joke. <laughs> that's, that's it. Anyway, um, no, there's one other thing, but I don't want to talk about it. Best place on that campus to get freaky. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> That scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yes. No, thank you. <laughs> Anywho, so they have uh, artificial eagle calls. I didn't realize there was more. Uh, no, no, this is the creepy part. At night, to prevent roosting what? at various locations on Pitt's campus, they play two noises overlaid each other, over, overlaid with each other. With each other, thank you. Which basically is just the scream of i think it's a pigeon's younglings or hatchlings or whatever the fuck younglings. baby pigeons are called shrieking in terror and eagle calls in dive holy shit that's fucking creepy so it's basically just fucking what? terrifying to humans and to birds <laughs> Yeah, oh no, God. it's terrifying. I thought they, they wanted the so, roosting. Do they not? What? Do they not want the roost? I thought they wanted. No, they it. don't or want them they... to roost because then they'll shit on people. Oh, oh, pigeons. And they also roost in like ventilation and shit. So it's actually like a good. They, they don't. It is bad for birds or, or any sort of wildlife to roost in the in where they're not supposed to be. In all the places they want to be, they shouldn't be. So we use psychological warfare to keep. Them yeah. Alive. So we basically just play screaming, and that's it. <laughs> Can you imagine you're, like, in a fucking development, seeing houses? <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically what the city's like for birds. And you're like, oh, what a lovely cul-de-sac. And then you hear children screaming. And, I don't know, <laughs> fucking wolves descending on them. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, God. This is a dangerous neighborhood. Oh, God. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's really weird. All right. So, so that's a fun thing that I had to experience. I was like, oh, fuck that noise. And I put on my headphones. I was, was going to say, I see you like putting on your headphones and like your hood and just like hunching your way home. Fleeing. <laughs> Trying to Fleeing the building. <laughs> and here's the thing. They change where they play it. Oh, no. So you, you sure never know real? where it's going to hit. Are you sure it's not actually just pigeons getting murdered? No, no, no. I know. Because here's the here's the other fun fact, my my night job. My, I, I'm a daytime student. I moonlight as a Lowe's sales associate, and we use that shit in the outside lawn and garden center too. So if you ever really want to pin, you just have a Is great shopping common? experience. Yeah. Do, do you use it in the one near us? Yeah. Holy shit, I'm going to go visit that. I really want to know what that's like. Like, literally any of them, at night, like, in the evening, 
and go to the outside lawn and garden center under the cover. And listen to... And listen to pigeons being murdered on tape. Because at some point, CC, they recorded that shit. They they did. (laughs) They stood by and watched these pigeons get slaughtered for marketing value. It's like every nature documentary where it's just like, you're not going to help that poor emu. Let's watch this emu get attacked by 17 lions. And then it's like, that emu can help itself. Look at those legs. And then it does. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So that is my, my unrelated ass night thing. Cece, would you like to go? Well, yours was so long. Mine's like extra unrelated now. But I was just going to say, speaking of things that have stupid days, tomorrow's voting day. It's like election day in America. Because that's the first Tuesday in November. Tell me how that's a good idea. Um... That's when they wanted a day off. But we don't get the day off. You know that, right? Adults don't Te- get the day off for elections. Teachers do. Teachers do? Public do our sisters have do. off? I think public schools I think public schools are closed on election day. Okay, well, most businesses are not closed on election day. And yeah, I, I'm not sure that you're right about that, but I don't know I mean, that you're not right about that. I know so. that a decent amount are. I know when I went to... Um, uh, to Marshall Street Elementary, they, it was, but that's probably because it was a polling place. Are you sure you, yeah, I was going to say, are you sure you weren't just off from school because you were helping at the polling place? I mean, you were also very young, so dad probably did You're not right. have you doing that. Like, at an older age, that would have been basically the same thing to me. I was just assuming <laughs> the school wasn't closed, or was closed. Yeah, well, if I'm not there, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I had that mindset until I was about 16. Oh, you don't anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, do you know how my, how, we're 10 minutes in. Do you want to talk about Frankenstein or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There are going to be more bullshit like, to talk about. this shit. So how was your weekend? more of America's bullshit calendar days? <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. I'm sorry, listeners, if you're still listening. Um, okay, so. It's safe to assume they're not. I don't give a shit. They already downloaded the podcast. <laughs> We got those numbers. That's what matters. <laughs> Just don't review us badly. Um, anyway. No one reviews us, so it's fine. <laughs> That's hey, hey. We have a couple reviews. You guys should review us. Anyway. I think one of them is Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Frankenstein. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So yes. let's be very careful. Lest we get our first email and it's hate mail. And not call him Frankenstein. <laughs> I wouldn't right, hate Victor. Fra- it's Victor point. Frankenstein, the man. I call and him then Victor the monster. In my notes, I read an annotated version of this, so it's like got very specific verbiage that was very deliberately chosen. Aw shit. Yeah. So we call him Victor, and we Victor. call his creation the creature. Okay, that's what we're saying. Anyway, so Victor, he had a kick-ass kidhood. And it sounds lovely. And I just think it was funny that, like, he has this obsession with alchemy from the get because, first of all, he, he like, kind of burns his dad for being like, you could have led me to the right path. Except that his dad was wrong. And, like, Victor did achieve basically the mythological. And so while his father maybe should have led him away from it because it was unwise, he didn't need to lead him away from it because it was incorrect factually more or less fair enough i mean like the alchemy stuff wasn't like true but it did inspire him to do what is you know a a thing with consequences but still a very impressive thing oh yeah 
like, it's one of those things that if someone today created life, right, if, like, you know, evil, I'm not going to say Victor, uh, evil Crumb, let's say, (laughs) let's say Crumb. Okay. Um. What? I was trying to think of, like, another, like, Central European, Hugo, I like Hugo, okay. (laughs) I was trying to think of a Central European name. I couldn't. Okay. I really so don't know where you're going with this. Somewhere, someone that I need a name of someone that was raised in like a place called like the Blackwoods or something. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Alphonse, apparently. All right. So say like you're Alphonse, right? Not Alphonse in the book. This is gonna get confusing. I mean Alphonse like in the <laughs> modern day, a theoretical scientist. Hi, I'm Doctor Alphonse. <laughs> Alphonse Alphonse is my name. <laughs> My middle name is Victor, but sh- that's a secret for some reason. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. It's easy. We've got us down task today. We are already at 13 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if you were uh, some scientist who is hereafter unnamed and <laughs> you created life, you were like fucking around the laboratory and you were like, oh shit, let's fuck with this. And That's how science it. happens. And you did the thing, and science happened, and life was created. Like, yeah, as soon as literally anyone finds out about that, uh, you're in jail forever. <laughs> I don't know that you would be in jail. Okay, first of all, here's the problem, Peter. This would happen in China, not in the Black Forest, <laughs> because they got no fucking rules over there. That's They're just doing what they want. True. Have you seen their laws on gene therapy? Uh, not specifically. Neither have they. Coat. <laughs> ah, that was a good joke. Um, but yeah, no, they're Thanks. like fucking messing around with embryos over there, like doing all sorts of shit. You're not yeah, they have to no do, fucking rules. Um, so yeah, that would totally happen in China for one thing. But I don't want you to make up a Chinese name because God knows what would happen. Oh my God, it'd be the most racist thing. <laughs> I thought of three and I discounted all of them. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that, yes, that would happen there and they wouldn't end up in jail, but they might like get sort of downgraded societally in science. I think they would get locked up in a secret government lab. I, I mean, Peter, what law would you have broken? These are like professional codes. They're not usually laws to an extent. You're right. And there are laws... (laughs) At least in the U.S. and all every other rational country, in manipulating like like you know we I th- I think we've talked before about like uh, how you you know there's, there are laws of, maybe we haven't on this specific show editing the germline, but yeah, editing the germline and all that. I don't think um, that's legally codified. I think that's just like something that the biotech industry has done to regulate itself and biotechnological research like god are you right that's insane i think i'm right i think we're all just like we're not cool with that we're not gonna fuck with they're pushing for laws but i'm not sure that they are laws certainly not universally i'm almost certain there are laws related to that in the u.s maybe maybe in the u.s I'm willing to bet that the, the they, they managed to convince the U.S. and now the U.S. is like, all right, guys, everyone in the rest of the world, let's get on board with this. Right. Uh, anyway, because, you know, you know the U.S., the ethical leaders of the world, of course. Yes. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> God. I found an article that says gene editing, interpretation of current law and legal policy from the NIH, but it might take a while to go through. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and pause and we'll get back to you in three hours. <laughs> 
after I read the abstract. I was going to say, it would take you three hours to read the abstract. It depends on the abstract. Uh, and how abstract Lord. is it? Uh, like, shit, it's a word search. So I think, okay, maybe it could be considered a law because it could be considered like a human trial. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's okay. Obviously, strongly codified, so it could fall under human experimentation. That's my answer for now. Um, here's my uh, my other question though is like, <laughs> is is it is it like it's still human, right? Like you di- you're fucking with dead human tissue and you're making it relife. Yeah, it's human. Okay, so, like, all those laws still apply to human bodies, like, after they are... It's not, like, human being, like, human rights. It's fucking with human genetics is wrong. Yes. I don't know. I don't know, like, how much of that is sort of, like, just waiting for the court case to set precedent for it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's accepted, and, like, once it goes to court, it'll probably go this way, but they need a precedent first? Sort of? I don't know. I really don't know what the details are on it. Here's the issue. This is the first subject we've talked about that we don't know at least enough about to manage to... Like, we don't know enough about <laughs> to bullshit a good answer. We we can speculate, but that's not that interesting, so we yeah. should move let's, on. Let's be clear. We're not qualified to talk about anything we talk about. <laughs> but... We are qualified to bullshit about a lot of things. Yes. It, uh, pretty much exactly that qualified. <laughs> All right. But my point is that, like, whatever the fuck happens to that scientist that creates human life in the modern day, all the other scientists will be like, oh, no, that was terrible. And they'll all be, like, lining up to fucking get access to his research notes. Totally. And there was, like, a note about this in the book that I – in the specific edition that I read, like – Talking about Nazi scientists and stuff like that, like, they did a lot of obviously very unethical shit, like, experiments that were essentially torture. And it's like, can we use what they learned, though, ethically? I say yes. Me, Cecilia, says yes. Because I think that it gives meaning to the suffering to use it. Do you know what I mean? I I agree with you on a different... So, okay, we're learning. I, I am in an econ class. I'm in an intro econ class, so naturally I'm already an economist. I'm Can't a, wait to see how this is related. Yeah. No, no, okay, actually, this is related. <laughs> so there's this theory in econ when a firm is entering a marketplace or when they're already in a marketplace. Sometimes it's favorable for firms to stay in a marketplace when it's not, when it would not be f- profitable for a new firm to enter the marketplace, right? So, like, nuclear power, mm. it costs, like, billions of dollars to build a new plant. Mm-hmm. But once you've got a plant, it's only $25 million a year to run. Okay. And fuel's dirt cheap. That might sound like a lot of money, but when you're producing, when we have less, we have like 100 nuclear plants and they produce 20% of our country's energy. So that like each of those plants is, is selling true? a ton. That's, that's 100% awesome. true. Yeah. 99 nuclear power plants operate in the U.S. and they produce, as of 2017, 20% of America's energy. Nuclear power is the future. I just wrote an eight page research paper on this. <laughs> um, okay, go on. Anyway, so the, the the idea is that it's not worthwhile right now to build new nuclear power plants, but it is worthwhile to continue running them in most places because all those costs, the establishing costs, the capital to Just build the plant cost, is already paid. Right. And then 
all you're doing is paying, you know, up. So I'm leading to that to this idea of uh, using, you know, Nazi scientists there. Uh, the Japanese also, there was a uh, medical, it was quote unquote medical unit in Japan mm. that did horrible experimentation on POWs. Yeah. Um, like bone chilling stuff. Yes. Yes, um, I've read about that. It's very disturbing. But, if you want to get spooked for Spookvember, look that shit up. Yeah. Uh, Spookvember, by the way, TMTM. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like terrifying shit. But here's the thing. You're like That price, you're right, that price has already been paid. And to continue to use it actually lessens human suffering. Assuming Maybe. We're using Depending it on the type of research it is. If it's research on how to torture people best, then probably not. No, but like if it's. But that's not usually what it was. It's like how the bo- how is the body used? You know all this stuff. It just seems so a terrible see. waste to toss all that research. Because frankly, there's a lot of experiments that would be wildly unethical that I am curious to know how they'd turn out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if they weren't happening to human beings, I would be like, all right. Like if we had a perfect computer model of human behavior, and we could do experiments on that, then like sure. But only if we knew it wasn't self-aware. <laughs> Uh, sidebar, do you did did you hear did did you hear about the quantum life? The fuck? In a quantum computer, they made a computer simulation of a life form. I didn't know we had quantum computers. In like we have like really bare bones quantum computers, like they're really Shit, shitty. Son. All right, well save it for the AI podcast whenever we do an AI book. <laughs> Oh, shit, that's going to be so good. we got to find an AI book. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, wherever will we find one? <laughs> Peter, we haven't gotten through, like, the first bullet point of my notes. <laughs> oh, God, but this is so funny. All right. Anyway, my, my yeah. Um, that, so that, that's all that point. It's like, it would, it would be very scientifically interesting if that happened and we had the actual notes from the experimentation and scientists right. would for sure use it. Yes. And I would argue that it's ethically, we're actually ethically required to use that if we can reduce human suffering in the now. Yes, I agree. I think there's an, like an ethical imperative to, if it can be used for the betterment of humanity, to use it. That doesn't, of course, justify it having been obtained to begin with, but it gives meaning to what otherwise would have just been a blight. Yeah, and you know what? Like, we can't change, like, we can't change what happened. Yeah, exactly. And um, I just thought of something weird, though, because I was just watching uh, uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Um, imagine if someone in the future got time travel, and they were like, oh, let's go fix all the wrongs. And they're sure. like, um, World War Two didn't happen. World War Two ended, like, real fast. And we didn't have all the information from, like, from doc- from uh, German doctors doing their experimentation. Because like, huh. we did get a lot of information about human anatomy and how it runs. Yeah. Imagine, like, if that was, like, they are like, all right, it didn't happen, and then that didn't happen, and then, like, oh, there was a lot more human suffering over the next decades. That would be interesting. Was that an actual episode on that show, or is it just... No, like- I just thought of how time travel would apply to this. Basically, other <laughs> than the fact that I just watched an episode on World War II, um, it's completely unrelated. <laughs> That's really interesting. I don't know. Anyway. All right. But next so, point. <laughs> Frank- <laughs> Frankenstein himself, Victor, um, he... Okay. So when he's approaching, like, the sort of culmination of his experiments, he gets into this, like, mode that honestly kind of resembles insanity. Like, what do you think of his mental state at this point? Because, like, obviously he's obsessed. Obviously. But, like, Um, and obviously he's being very arrogant and hubristic. Like, he's, like, this is, is, again, 
scientific hubris, which comes up a lot on this show. I don't know if it's a word. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. What do you think of his mental state at this point? I think it resembles me pretty closely during final season. <laughs> actually so true yeah no like it <laughs> was considerably less like daydreaming except for like we're almost done that except for like a friday of finals week and you're like oh my god i want to be free i'm so it's gonna be so I'm much so better tired. <laughs> i won't have to drink coffee anymore but i still will for some reason but <laughs> i can switch from coffee to liquor <laughs> um yeah no I, that's actually so true no like yeah like, you look oh, at the scene you're like, like super arrogant because he is being a hugely arrogant douchebag don't get me wrong <laughs> oh no yeah for sure although aren't you a little bit when you get like a topic right and someone asks for help and you're like you idiot why don't you know this <laughs> yeah but i'm not like they should be thanking me on bended knee no father has ever deserved so much gratitude as i do uh maybe you're not <laughs> okay <laughs> That's true. I, I can't. I can only I speak for myself. <laughs> um. Anyway, no. So, yeah, you're right. There is that sense, but like, other than that, though, that's like an obsessive need to accomplish a goal, and I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To an like, extent. I've been there. But he's also like not considering the possibility of a bad outcome at all. He's just like, it's gonna be amazing. I'm going to basically to be a god. As opposed to me, you only imagine all I think about. That's the only thing that's on my mind. That's kind of true, though. Like during final season, you're studying because you're afraid of a bad outcome, and not because you're hoping for a good outcome. So what you're saying is. This is the one reason why we're not all Frankenstein. <laughs> Victor Frankenstein or his creation, Peter? Victor Frankenstein, CC, we already established that's the creature. <laughs> Don't even get me fucking started. Um, so, anyway. I will drive back to Philadelphia and fight you. Do you, what do you okay, so this is an interesting idea that Victor, I feel like, brings up a lot. About how... Like, his nature is repulsed by the work he's doing, but he's, like, so obsessed that he, like, keeps doing it and he can overcome that. Sort of, like, basically he has, like, an animal reaction, like, this is disgusting, I shouldn't be doing this. But he has, like, an intellectual sort of overpowering of that reaction. And, like, do you think that that serves as a moral guide for him? Like, I mean, obviously it doesn't fucking work. But do you think that, like, as a rule, if you are fundamentally repulsed by something like should you take a pause and be like maybe it's incorrect like because my nature says no <laughs> no it's like the grave robbing and stuff like that i think and like messing around with like rotten body parts well that really freaked him out so i i see I, i'm hearing your point but here's my counterpoint mm-hmm. uh think about a fundamentalist christian <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> and gay people. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes, that's fair. That is fair. But this or is... If, I mean, okay, of any sort of fundamentalist. I shouldn't single out Christians. Yes. But, like, any sort of fundamentalist or, or kind of stuck in their ways, you know, <laughs> old stodgy person, um, I think about them, right? They ha- they were repulsed by many things. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> uh, not to mention the, the gays. So oh, yes, most especially. Most es- the, the gays hold a special place in their disgust. <laughs> and so, like, 
I think there's hilarious. a point where, so Obviously. we as a society have started to go, <laughs> hold up, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, look at us. Yeah, like, right? it's, think about it it's for just, a second, like, put aside the fact that your stomach is turned by it for whatever reason. Yeah, and think about it, and think about it on an intellectual level. It's two people that love each other, and what's the difference of gender? Yeah, right. exactly. So, I'm not saying it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to grave robbing and piecing together corpses. <laughs> I mean, gay people. <laughs> two men kissing. <laughs> no, but what I am saying is, like, I think you can look at uh, Victor and see his his reaction, right? He's he's disgusted by this thing, but the way he looks at it is, is this is the next, like, this is the steps of science. Yeah, right? we have to overcome that to advance. And, I mean, I thought of a much more tame analogy, which is, like, surgery. Like, I think that there's I like probably mine better. A, <laughs> a natural human instinct in, you know, people who want to help other people to not cut them open. But in the case of surgery, like, you have to do that. And, God, Peter, fucking orthopedic surgery. There are a few things more gruesome to me than orthopedic surgery. To repair an ACL, they drill a hole in your bone. They fucking, like, use, like, rotator saws in there. It's crazy. Yeah, it's upsetting as hell. the right word. Upsetting. <laughs> Just upsetting. So, autom- chainsaws. They use fucking chainsaws. It's bad. But... It does a lot of good and helps a lot of people and relieves a lot of pain. But, like, for me, I would be so, like, I could not, I don't think I could truly believe in my heart that I was helping somebody by doing that. It's just I don't of, think I could truly believe in my heart. It's pretty much the only reason I'm not an orthopedic surgeon, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you've already been to medical school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, yeah, no. Well, that's... I still like my analogy better. But it's the same but analogy, yeah, yeah. right? I'm all, the, the only difference is, like, whether it's you, you're the one who's just doing it or not. Yes. Because in your analogy, you're watching somebody else do something. But in Victor's case... Because I bring it up because this seems to be, like, his belief that he should have been tipped off by his, like, repulsion. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, like, that's, that's, to me, the difference. That it's something that he's doing and is still repulsed by. Yes, and but like you know, he, he manages to convince himself, and now like in the kind of looking back on, it, we know through his arrogance, um, through his hubris. Let's see how many times we can say the, that word again. See if uh, we can set a record. He his hubernosity, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, stupid. <laughs> like he sees himself as you know this this innovator. This like he's he's establishing mankind's future, right? If mankind mm-hmm. can gain mastery over life, we can beat death, right? He he wants to be like you're right. You said it earlier. He wants to be a god. Uh huh. He yeah. He, he literally that does say that. Evolutionary step. Right? Which, and that really... that should have been the thing that tipped him off. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> go, you're go like, I will be unto a god. <laughs> like you're almost always doing shit you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the best litmus test. <laughs> if you feel like a god, it's probably incorrect. Take a step. <laughs> take a beat. Look at your life. <laughs> I.e. Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but, anyway. but here's a here's a follow-up question. Is what he did morally wrong? Because he's convinced that the very creation was wrong. But it's what he did afterwards that caused all the problems. 
Which is to say nothing. He just fucking pieced the world's highest impact deadbeat dad. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm... Mm, I think that's probably an unfair assumption. What? Which part? Because it's the highest impact? Like, or, the, oh, shit, I did it. <laughs> the creature only killed, like, three people. So you think he's not the highest impact? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I think there's definitely, like, someone who's, like, the deadbeat dad of, like, a serial killer or something. Yeah, that's probably true. That's actually almost certainly true. Um, but I wasn't going to fact check that state. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. You he could have been... Well, okay, so this is this is an interesting expectations versus text situation, because this was my first time reading Frankenstein, not yours. Um, and, like, I knew it wasn't exactly how it had been represented in film and that like the creature could speak and like articulate and was like a thoughtful creature and all that stuff eventually yeah but like i was expecting like the pitchforks and all that shit and like the only person who exerts consequences on victor is the creature like even when he starts confessing to people they're like oh man that sucks and he's like right i'm totally blameless and they're like you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right. And it's weird. It's like, you know, here's a weird idea. It kind of <laughs> seems like, like, so like Victor was obviously trying to play God, right? We've established yes, that. Yes. It seems like the creature kind of became God's retribution. That's an interesting theory. Cause like, like God's like, no, 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 no. Only I can do this right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you stupid humans try. <laughs> they kill all your loved ones. <laughs> well, like, that. if we're thinking about a, a vengeful God, so this is some straight up Old Testament shit. Yeah, it would be. But like, well, Victor never confessed actually, so well, to a priest about? anyway. Oh, to a priest. That's so, true. That is true. So does that kill your whole? Both thing? testaments are eligible. Oh, is my point. Um, the monster <laughs> okay. was trying to drive him towards a priest. <laughs> The monster was like, you need Jesus. <laughs> Don't you remember that part of the book? I have it under my... Do you uh, remember the part of the quotes. book where he showed up in a suit and tie and asked if he heard the good word? <laughs> um, so, wait. Continue. <laughs> well, okay. So, my, my point is, like, all right, Victor's created life. Step one. Done. Yes. Um, and then he just left it to nature, basically. Because he fled, right? He he fled. He went to sleep, which I could not do. I know. Like, I guess it's really a mark of how hard he had been driving himself that he, like, literally, he went to sleep. Like, how, <laughs> he didn't even lock his fucking lab. He went to sleep and woke up to the guy standing over him and was like, yeah, that would freak me out, too. I don't know why you didn't, like, introduce yourself. Like, I, yeah. okay, Victor is fucking superficial as hell. It's, like, the only thing he judges people by. (laughs) He literally got so freaked out and, like, traumatized just because the monster was ugly. It hadn't done anything yet. He was just, it was just, like, ugly to him and therefore repulsed him and therefore made him regret what he had done. But he took no responsibility and as far as he knew, he would never see that thing again and he was in a fucking fever for six months. Yeah. I guess partially because of the physical state he drove himself to, but, like, literally, uh, I think he's supposed to be a sympathetic character because everyone in the book likes him, but I do not like him. <laughs> he's an ass. Mm, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering... He's not, he's not unrelatable to an extent. Like, I, I feel for him, I do. Like, everything does go sideways, and he gets way more punished than he deserves to be, but, like, mm. Mm. Yeah, well, here... So, let's let's talk about the revenge. Uh, okay. Because, I, I mean, like, it's fucking brutal. It is extremely brutal. Like, and here's the thing. It's literal Mo- overkill. <laughs> Most of it happened, but doesn't most of it happen after he, like, becomes kind of like a, like, the creature, like, learns shit? All of it happens after that. Like, yeah, he doesn't do shit. He goes and he, like, hangs out with the DeLacy's and, like, is a happy boy for, like, a year. Just, just wants to be friends with them. And, I mean, that whole thing was really sad. The whole saga. That was sad. Because, like... He could have done it, too, I bet, if he had, like, hung out with the dad long enough, but he just didn't have enough time. Yeah. Oh, I man, really... I felt so bad for him when he was, like, his little knees were wobbling, and he just wanted to be loved. I, I, I relate to the monster way more than I relate to Frankenstein himself. Well, that says a lot about you. <laughs> no one wants to hang out with me, either. People are always <laughs> repulsed by my visage. <laughs> But no, I mean, he, okay, so I made a list of, like, chilling quotes from the monster. The first one happens before his first murder. Let's get spooked. I, too, can create desolation. It's fucking good. Yeah. That chills me so much. That is fucking good. Because he's, like, so mad at Victor for having, like, let him just wander He's like, I don't know. It's not really resolved in the books whether or not he could have found acceptance. But I think he could have because he had enough time with Victor after he killed Victor's brother that he was able to, like, gain his sympathy. And that's a little bit. I mean, there was a part where he was like, yeah, my heart was moved. And, like, that's not why he agreed to make the bride. Which, by the way, I totally did not know was original book. Like, I thought that was for sure, like, Hollywood wanted to make another Frankenstein movie, so they made it. Oh, no, that's OG Frankenstein. I never knew. Um, But, yeah, like, that wasn't what motivated him to agree. And he didn't have a long-term sympathy for him. But, like, there was a moment where he was sitting there in that hood, and he's like, yeah, that sucks, man. (laughs) Like, especially when he was telling him this story. And also for the DeLacy's, which made me so sad. Yeah. No, Absolutely. And, and this is the thing. The creature just straight up tells him, like, just, like, take responsibility for me. That's all I fucking want. Like, take responsibility for me so that I can have some sort of, like, relationship in this desolate world. Something other than me just wandering the fuck around and, and raiding villages for food. And being sad <laughs> all the time. And, like, and, hated and, and beaten and... Just subjected to cruelty. Reading like, sad poetry and shit. Yeah, give me something. And Victor's like, no. And Monster's like, all right, fuck you then, I guess. Like, I tried. <laughs> like, he, he, he spells it out for him. He's like, if you be chill, I'll be chill. And yeah. Victor's like, I'm not going to be chill because you're ugly. Yeah, no. And then he and, fucking... also, and also you killed my brother, which um, I get that one. I do get that one. A little, I get that. Okay, kill his brother. You started this, Victor. Framed his childhood friend for the crime. Oh, I forgot he did that deliberately. I thought that was gonna be him, like being ignorant. But then it was like, oh no, I just got up to a little mischief. 
<laughs> what a dick. <laughs> like, he's not, it's not like he doesn't do a lot of very, very bad shit. I just feel so bad for him in the beginning, because, like, he did, he wanted to be good. He wanted to, like, be loved and be a part of a family, and was basically driven out because he was ugly. So, like, okay, this might be a stretch, but one thing that this whole thing made me think of is that um, he's basically ra- uh, radicalized by his marginalization, and that made me think of ISIS. It made you think of ISIS. <laughs> yes, because, like, back when, when ISIS was, like, very, very big, and, I mean, still today, there was a lot of Islamophobia. A lot of Islamophobia. But back when they, they were, like, actively recruiting, that led to a lot of young Muslim men from the West who were, like, raised in London or, you know, Cleveland or just, like, cities that, you know, are modern and Western and all that shit. They basically were marginalized for their religion, and they were like, well, fuck you, I'm gonna go full hog. And, like, went and joined ISIS. They got so many recruits from the West because they were mad because of the way they were being treated. And, like, listen, I've never met one of them, so I can't speak for them, but, like, that was a story that was repeated a lot of times. So what you're saying is... (laughs) Yes. The youth youth of Islam are, like, Frankenstein's monster. Only the ones who joined ISIS. (laughs) I'm comfortable (laughs) with that. That seems like a slippery slope. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, you're wrong. But uh, no, I mean, like, no, that's. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, people who are marginalized can become really bitter and vengeful, and it can like bring out the worst of their nature, and cause them to do evil things. No, right. That's absolutely a, a great comparison that I did not think of. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, I'm not just racist. <laughs> I don't think it's racist. I really don't. Speaking of racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. There were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, fuck you, Mary Shelley. <laughs> During the DeLacy saga. Because they had <laughs> Safi, I guess we're going to call her. I don't know. I think it's Safi, um, yeah. And that whole story. And it was like, it seemed super progressive for a second because they mentioned like, oh, Safi's father was targeted because like the Parisians didn't like a wealthy and successful Arab. And I was like, hmm, Mary Shelley, like, that's pretty uh it's pretty perceptive of you to like include that in here and then like two pages later he was like a real bastard who couldn't stand the idea of his daughter being married to a christian so it's like well okay <laughs> we backslid a little bit <laughs> I just what was she was really doing is supporting the idea of the parisians driving him out he's just saying they were right to do it because he sucked <laughs> <laughs> and felix was a dumbass for trusting him that was the real message of the whole book actually of the whole book this whole book was fluffing for that one that one key message (laughs) yes Um, oh god but on a silly note initially when Victor met his creature they like, the creature's talking to him in, like, this really sort of elevated tone. I don't know if you picked up on that, but he's using, like, thou and stuff like that. And I was like, why does he talk like that? Like, I wonder if we're going to have an explanation for that. Because he talks, like, way more elevated than anyone else we've met that thus far. Mm-hmm. And 
then I figured out that he he had learned French, and I was like, is that supposed to be him speaking French? <laughs> Extra fancy. Because <laughs> if so, I'm into it. Like, that's oh great. Oh my god! But no, I don't think it was because I think Frankenstein was probably speaking French too, because he's Genevese. Yeah, I think he's Genevian, or Genevan. Are you serious? Is Genevese? I think it's Genovese. It's definitely not Genevan. You, he's Swiss. <laughs> it's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Cece, they ha- never mind. Yeah, never mind. Moving on. And they speak both French and German in Geneva, but French is like the main language, so. Geneva. I'm almost certain it's, the Gen- it's Genevan. I'm looking this shit up. All right, now while you're doing that, Okay. <laughs> Hold My on. theory is that he talked like that because he read old books. <laughs> that's probably true. That's my theory. Um, or because maybe Mary Shelley was trying to make fun of the French. Um, which is a time-honored tradition I for I think her it's people. just because he was mad and being dramatic. That's my theory. You're right. When I am mad at people, I do switch into old English. Vows and vines. <laughs> That'd be a really weird trigger. <laughs> like, I'm angry, so oh, I'm speaking in old English. She's pissed off now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't understand what Peter's saying anymore because it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> um, this is getting too hard to look up, but we are probably both wrong. That's what I'm gonna go with for now. That's a good assumption for anything we say. <laughs> um, okay, so. He definitely turned real quick once he had his little encounter with Felix. And it was very shocking. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty swift. He went from being like, oh my gosh, I just love them so dearly. They're such wonderful people. To being like, they misunderstood me. I swear revenge against all humanity. (laughs) He's a little hardcore. He takes a hard stance. He does. He's like, okay, well, fuck all of your people then. And then yeah. he, like, oh, Peter, he keeps trying to relapse into being nice. Like, that time he saved the girl from this dream and then got shot for it. It's so sad. This book is so sad. Uh, Cece. Yes. In English, it's Genevan. In French, it's Genevois. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm thinking of the French. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, what's going on. I'm just a sophisticated person, that's why. Genevan, really? <laughs> I'm just more educated than you Genevan are, really. sounds stupid. Genevoise I can never remember stupid. the English word for things. I have to use the French word. Now I need to know what Genevieve is. I think it's French, uh, Italian now that I'm thinking about it. But All right. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> We're so bad this episode. Okay. We're doing um, great this episode. What else, Peach? Do you want to talk about how the monster's in the Uncanny Valley? He, like, makes a point of being, like... I am the more terrifying for being close to human. What do you mean? Like, he talks about the way he looks and how his face is, like, extra hideous because it's it's a, it's so similar to, like, a regular human face. But the differences are so horrifying. He's in the Uncanny Valley. He's like, if I looked less human, I would be less scary. Oh, shit. Yes. He looks, like, as different from human as you can. While still looking human. Monster. He's the scariest form of huh. monster. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. basically. L- so let me tell you what freaked me out oh, about the monster. He showed up in okay. random fucking places. That's true. He was just popping up left and right. And there's like several months where Victor's like, yeah, I'm sure he's following yeah. us. Like, and apparently he's stealthy as shit. <clears throat> yeah. Why'd you make him so fucking invincible? Yeah. Why'd you Victor? place his arms in metal and give him like slippers? <laughs> Adamantium skeleton. He's <laughs> just like, oh, this is great. And with this <laughs> chemical I put in his eyes, he'll see at night. Like. <laughs> God this damn it, Victor. Amazing. Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, there is, I think it's brought up a lot in science fiction, the idea of placing limitations on the things you create, like the laws of robotics and stuff like that. And he just did none of that. He he made no limitations. And despite himself, got a fundamentally good creature. He just wasn't yeah, mature just enough bitch. to handle it. <laughs> like, Victor could, was not mature enough to handle Here's my what standing. he had done. Because he was young as fuck. Yeah, he was like a college student. This happened. It's like your age. Yeah. It's like when college kids freak out when they get their girlfriends pregnant. <laughs> Basically. Not mature enough <laughs> to handle this. like a this. better comparison than I meant to be. Mature enough to do the, the thing that leads up to it, but not mature enough well, to handle He's mature enough to do science, but not mature enough to create life. <laughs> he just did science too good. <laughs> um, Basically. Fuck. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> and he, and he really liked doing science. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, here's the thing, but, though. You mentioned like um, talking about like the limitations on on your science. Like we talked about how this is basically the first major piece of science fiction. I mean, this is yeah, over true. two centuries old. I think. <clears throat> I know it's. Uh, yeah, I think it came out. Actually, no, it is exactly two centuries oh, old. Right, cool. So this is 200 years old. Like, I can't think of another piece of sci-fi that's older than this. I mean, the genre didn't yeah. exist when this came out. I might even say it created the genre. I don't think the genre was created for another century. There had probably been science fiction stories told, but none that had the cultural staying power. Yes, you are right. Because, um, you know, something... I mean, this I think has, like, the same kind of terror factor as, like, zombies do. Well, it's more terrifying. What, just because it's an undead? It's not, though. Situation? But I think it's because the monster is man. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because it's man-distorted. Like, it's the... Because, you know, the monster is essentially a human. I mean, yes... It's kind of the it's kind of like if you really pissed off a socially awkward assassin though. Like because I don't think that he's in any way I don't know, an ugly socially awkward assassin, I guess. Like he's he's scary because he's ugly and he's really very good at killing. But he doesn't like it that much except in the moment sometimes. And, and he feels the remorse. You know what I mean? I know. Like the like the, the the story essentially ends when it's him weeping over Franken's or Victor's body. Yeah. Although that's true. I think that scene has a different moving. connotation than just like he regrets everything. I think because he realizes that 
like, look, Victor was immature and was not good, but I think he was the one person that had a chance to understand the creature. That's kind of true, although I think that Walton kind of understood the creature there. Mm, you're right. He, he, he kind of was like, all right, you do you, homie. Like, he didn't fight him. He was just like, hey, hang out and let's talk. And then, yes. like, let him go. I didn't try to stop him. Like, that's the really, that's the real tragedy of all of this, is, like, he's so articulate and, like, emotional and, and sympathetic when he just gets a chance to talk. But because everybody's initial reaction to him is so violent and so cruel, he never gets the chance to talk. Um, side note, do you think Frankenstein would have, or not Frankenstein, fuck, do you think the creature would have a vlog? <laughs> I think he Shit, would have a right. podcast. He's too ugly. He's too ugly for a vlog. He might have... He would have a body positivity Instagram, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and a podcast. That That is the... Cece, remember when you and I talked about influencer. making a vlog, and then we decided to make a podcast instead? <laughs> really too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no one will Only like us. They really like us as it is. That's why we use My aliases. Not Peter. I'm actually a girl. Music <laughs> <laughs> a voice modulator. Despite everything you might think, our editing skills are amazing. We just we, only use We've it been on hiding our true skills behind this shitty editing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it takes truly skilled audio editing to hide the good editing. Yes, that's how you know that you have a gift. Hey Peter, I have an important question. What happened to Victor's other brother? Um, I don't know. He probably has a business somewhere, or he's like a bakery owner. He just bails on him. He just had this conversation with his dad before his dad and Elizabeth died about like we've gone through so much tragedy but we really gotta cling to like what we have left and like love each other the more deeply for it and Victor's like totally yes and then literally doesn't mention what happens to his other brother who by the way didn't even need to exist in this book like he had zero role ever I'm not sure he had a line (laughs) He might have had a line, like, early on, but I'm really not sure. He had the brother who died, and he had Elizabeth, and he had Clerval, and he had his father, and fucking bounced as soon as they were all dead. Um, I don't know. Maybe his brother's a dick. But, like, he loved his brother, and he made a point of saying he was still alive, like he hadn't been killed, and then his father died, and then he's outie. Like, I'm assuming he set him up with a relative or something, but he literally does, like, would it, you, okay, you bothered to mention him this long, this is when you stop <laughs> talking about it. That's so sloppy. She just got lazy. She just stopped trying to, she didn't want to write characters anymore. Like, I get, I, yeah, she was like, I'm done with Edmund or whatever his name was. Um, but I get that he, like, need to go finish things with the monster. Like, that's fine. You don't need to hang out with your brother because that seems to work out really shitty for you. So, like, do that, but, like, tell us what happened. Yeah, literally stay as far away from your brother as you possibly can. Yeah. Also, why didn't he think that Elizabeth was going to be the victim? Like, that was so stupid of him. He's like, I'm going to go leave her and hunt the house. 
this is a great plan. It's gonna go amazing. I don't want to see her have her see me kill well, the monster. More likely get killed. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go look while she's like in the common room or anything like that. Are you kidding me? Like he's just like go to bed by yourself in a room with windows. This is gonna be fine. I am very smart. I made life. Victor Frankenstein. I made life. I, I am went a too god. Bad. <laughs> um. Okay. Here's my solution to this whole Him. fucking story, Peter. The monster. What he truly needed. Since Victor was like, I'm not going to make you a bride. Whatever. He had his reasons. I get that. What he really needed was a golden retriever. Fuck, you're right. He w- everything would have been fine if he had just had a golden retriever. Golden retrievers don't hate anything or anyone. They would have loved him and seen his value and, and encouraged his gentleness and given him purpose. And cuddles. And, and cuddles. What he really needed were cuddles. You know, tactile reinforcement, and and they would have retrieved the foul he shot. Maybe like lonely for conversation, but otherwise fine. And they would play basketball. (laughs) And go to space. (laughs) He needed a golden retriever. That's all he needed, Peter. You're right. Would have been fine if Victor had just gotten the guy a dog. Come on, Victor. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like you, but this dog is incapable of making emotion. (laughs) Have at it. Here, I made this dog out of seven different dog breeds. It's <laughs> the perfect dog. This is the Frankenweenie. <laughs> and that's what that movie's about. Unfortunately, Frankenweenie was not OG Frankenstein. If it had been, everything would have been okay. That w- yeah. Also that. Who starts with human experimentation? God, Victor. I have so many problems with him. You don't start you- with human experiments. Oh, you go to animal trials first. Yes. Exactly. He's like, let me test my, my experiments out on this man so I can bring back my dog. <laughs> Basically, that's kind of how it went down. Fuck you, Victor. Fuck you, Victor. All You're right. an asshole. Do you have other stuff? Um, I don't know, can I say fuck you, Victor, one more time? Yeah, fuck you, Victor. Fuck you, Victor. I got two more chilling quotes. Fuck, alright. You are my creator, but I am your master. Obey. Oh, shit. So badass. That is badass. And then there was, beware, for I am fearless and therefore powerful. Um, That's a fucking badass quote from anyone. Yeah, basically. Also, like, next time I give a presentation, you're like, you are my creator, but I am your master. Obey. And I think the crowd's going to eat it up. That's fair. I thought you were going to say you were saying that to, like, the PowerPoint before you started. I was like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm saying it to the audience. <laughs> okay, you're walking up and, like, the first slide is a quote with Frankenstein behind it. Or, fuck, the monster. God damn it, that's three times. <laughs> I'm off the podcast. You should be embarrassed. Yeah, you're fired. Three strikes are out. <laughs> Shit. Well, you were all warning me, and I haven't done it once. I know. It's because I warned you. Why didn't you warn me, Cece? Actually, this is what I'm going to do if I ever create an invention and um, go to the Shark Tank. That's what I'll say. You are my creator, but I am your master. Obey. And then they're going to make deals. I'm going to be rich. Please invest in my Kickstarter. No one has yet. (laughs) Your weekly Frankenstein quote text. (laughs) (laughs) This was a very good book. (laughs) This was a, like, last thoughts. Yeah, very good book. 
very thoughtful. I thought this monster was way scarier for being so articulate. Like, way scarier than, like, stupid zombie Frankenstein that we always see. There you go. Yeah, I did it. Well, Are you happy now? Yeah, fucking bull coming out of his head and shit. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure that was scary for the time, but, like, our culture has gone so far past that. And I think, in general, find psychological torment so much more terrifying than, like, just somebody walking around slowly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, fucking with you. Yeah. It's, and I don't know. toying with your life. Yeah, and, like being a scourge you can't escape like he he's like literally in fevers all the time like raving about how like this demon haunts him and keeps killing all the people around him like he does get institutionalized from it and i'm like yeah that sounds schizo as hell (laughs) like (laughs) the monster that's always with me like okay you need to be arrested (laughs) who have you killed victor seriously I'm actually surprised they didn't, like, hang him. For witchcraft or some shit. He basically confessed to witchcraft. Kind of, yeah. He's like, I created a monster and it kills my friends. And they were like, yeah, that's witchcraft. <laughs> but we're, we're cool with that now because it's the 1700s and not the 1600s. I don't think they were cool with it. They were cooler with it. I don't know, that magistrate was chill as hell. Yeah, that was weird. He was just, like, super sympathetic. Well, that's the point. I think Victor is, like, a super charming guy, and people just love him. They love him. That's why he keeps getting, like, free rides everywhere he goes. Tell you what, though. And that's why he was, was so surprised when those villagers were rude to him. <laughs> his like, monster was super cool, too. His monster. He and his monster. Both super cool dudes who... Well, Victor got everyone's love, and the monster got everyone's hate, even though the monster, like, had more going for him spiritually than Victor did. Well, in my opinion. The, the monster was the instrument of God's will. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. The monster is in heaven. Yes. It's yes. very uncomfortable for all the original owners of his body parts. Yes. But they just live with it. <laughs> they just have to deal with it. I don't know. I mean, but that is the question, though. Like, he felt remorse at the end. Did they redeem him? I liked, I liked um, what Walden said, where he was like, yeah, of course you feel remorse now that it's over. Like, it's not hard to feel remorse when you're done, and you're not going to kill anyone else because your job's done. Like, would you really have felt remorse if Frankenstein was still alive? And the answer's probably no. He just went in love. Yeah. His last chance for love was gone. Yeah. Anyway, shall we wrap up? We should wrap up. Because somehow us, me, like, going around 40 minutes, like, man, how are we going to get 20 more minutes of content filled this episode? How did you feel that way? I still had, like, half a page. Because <laughs> uh, I don't have notes. Yeah, you should get notes. <laughs> no, you do the notes. I do Actually, the other if thing. you had notes, this would have been twice as long. So one of us only can do notes. And there could only be one. All right. One notes. So anyway, <clears throat> thank you guys it's, so in much closing, for listening. We both really liked the book. It was creepy as hell. We hope you're still scared. Yes. Um, I hope you had at least one, like, kind of hard to sleep. Not, like, couldn't sleep, because sleep is precious, but, like, hard to sleep night. <laughs> I hope you laid awake thinking about it for roughly ten minutes before you fell asleep. Like, not yeah, longer no, I hope than you, like, normal, but, like, I hope that's what occupied your thoughts before sleep. Right, and I hope you double-checked, like, your locks before you went to bed. <laughs> and and your windows. He's very good at getting through windows. Yeah. Just be kind to the next ugly person you see. That's the lesson. Yeah, they might be a monster. Be kind, yes. And very sneaky. And very sneaky and good at windows. (laughs) Oh 
oh runs god. across ice like it's nothing. Oh god. Alright. Um, so, Cece. Peter. What's our next book? Oh, our next book is Hyperion. The author I have not looked up yet. Hang on Dan one Simmons. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> you were ready Hyperion for it. Hyperion by like, There's Dan- no way she knows what the author's name is. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it. <laughs> you put me on the spot just to set yourself up. <laughs> Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Um, you can edit straight to that, Peter. Just <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely for sure I'm going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it's a real classic sci-fi stalwart. Like Dune. It is a uh, a Hugo award-winning. That's right. Book. Um and so it should be pretty cool. Apparently, it follows a similar structure to the Canterbury Tales. That's interesting. So I'm pretty excited to find out what the fuck that means in sci-fi. Yeah, I will be curious. Anyway, uh, neither of us has read uh, it yet, so we can't vouch yeah. for it. But this is th- the first time we've done a book that I haven't already read before. That's true. Yes, that's true. Well, you hadn't really read Dune. You had read like a fraction of Dune. That's a fair point. But this is a real book that neither of us has ever read. But it Dune does have a, a Hugo Award, and it is, like, a literal, you know, Pantheon book, so... This is a book I've literally never heard of until you and I started planning out potential topics for this podcast. Yes. Like a year ago. But I heard of it, because I'm cultured. Not cultured enough to have read it, though. I'm just Oh, no, you're not cultured, Cece. It. It's sci-fi. <laughs> That's culture. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening, especially through all of that fucking chaff. Anyway... We appreciate it more than ever tonight. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. The ch- is the chat for the, the, the actual middle of the podcast or is it the beginning and end? Because I think our best content is the beginning and end of the podcast. <laughs> Listen, somebody likes it. I don't know. I do. Anyway, all right. Um, so if you want to you wanna find us, uh, you can find us at seemtofindnothingnetwork.com uh, for slash sci-fi sidebar. Or you can find us on facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar. If you want to like our page and get announcements whenever we're going to be, you know, late or just <laughs> occasional mean memes. Announcements are going to be on time. <laughs> and that's I have fewer posts that way. <laughs> We've been good lately, except for last time. Um, but we had that real was, technical that, that difficulties. Was that was super not our fault. Error. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, my my software didn't work. Yes. And also, Google Drive didn't work, which was weird. Yeah, it took like an hour to upload. Yeah, it was a mess. But... It was we're sorry. Anyway, we, we tried very hard. We're, we keep trying to be better. We hope you're okay it, with Monday nights. This is technically going to be on time, CC. Uh, Peter, knock on wood. What are you doing? I don't have any wood in here. Shit. Oh, God. We're so fucked. All right, guys. We got to go try to, like, satiate the gods of fate. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go burn alms. I got to go sage my room before I start editing. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. This has been Sci-Fi Sidebar. By the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. Bye, guys. Bye, have a good couple of weeks. Enjoy Spookvember. Ooh.